Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to take a second and let you know about this amazing new product called MultiplayerSquad.com. It's the greatest new addition to gaming. Well... I mean, practically life. It's sure to fill you with glee, help you make new friends, and expose you to all sorts of awesome memes. It's got the best community of gamers around, and more than that, it's the best way to help support the show and let us keep providing awesome content. What? I gotta read this disclaimer for legal reasons. Warning, MultiplayerSquad.com can cause feelings of joy, happiness, companionship, ownage, and all-around sense of being awesome. If you notice yourself acting more like Josh, please discontinue use immediately and seek professional help. Hey, who put that in there? Paul! Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three gamer dads, and today is a bonus round Monday where we are going to go back in time to 2017. Now, with five years of distance, we're going to talk about the games that released that year and how we feel about them. Please take a second to rate our show five stars, leave us a written review, and come support us on Patreon. Supporters not only help fund the show, they also get bonus episodes. Just head over to MultiplayerSquad.com to sign up. Okay, let's introduce the cast. I am your host, Paul. Joining me, his beard is world famous, and since today we're living in 2017, he just got out of a movie theater seeing Logan, which has his beard twin Wolverine. It's Josh. That was a good movie, actually. That's a great movie. I, I remember when Logan came out because they've done a lot of like X Men Wolverine type mm-hmm. movies, and Logan came out, and everybody was like, "Yo, they did a good job, man." Rated our comic book movies. Who would have known? Fun fact: Wolverine was one of my favorite superheroes for a very long time as well. Yeah, great movie. Maybe my favorite, other than Infinity War, within the comic book movies, and my favorite character to play in Capcom versus Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, he was so yeah. much fun. <laughs> and also joining us, he's got his speakers on full blast playing the new hit song of the summer, Despacito. It's Michael. Oh my good. Despacito. <laughs> something, something, Despacito. Oh, something, something, Despacito. Oh, hey, I think you mixed up Desperado and Despacito in the beginning there. No, I got it. Because he right. was like, Despacito. Despacito. I know all the words. My favorite song ever. You could tell. It's all the words. When uh, Justin Bieber meets the Eagles. Oh, <laughs> that's, man. That's what you're getting. Oh, man. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of Breaking Down 2017, we do have a little bit of fun housekeeping to cover. We have not just one, but two new Patreon supporters to thank Woo! on this episode. 
they both signed up, I think, like, within minutes of each other, which was really fun. We're like, hey, we got a new supporter. And then literally while talking about that, another one came in. So we want to give a very special thank you to Marble Madness, who signed up with legendary status. Oh, baby. And also DevCon1, who signed up with rare status. So airhorn time. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so you know marble madness being a legendary supporter it means that he gets to pick a game that we're going to have to deep dive in the future he is still mulling it over so we don't know quite yet what that'll be but we are looking forward to what he might have for us and then devcon one josh i think is someone that you actually know yeah it's actually kind of funny because i i was in a fantasy football draft the other day in this gigantic league that's got like over twenty thousand people in it uh and it randomly assigns people to a league and so I got put in this league and Devcon was in there and he was like, wait, is this because my alternate ego on that discord server and for my company is Papa Josh because I'm like one of the older people that works there. So (laughs) ageism or whatever, you know, so he was like, wait, is this actually Papa Josh? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, wait, the Josh from the multiplayer gaming podcast. And I was like, you're my new favorite guy. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. And then he was like. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yes. man. So then he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, I, I listen to your podcast, been doing it since I think he said the Civilization Six episode, which is a Ooh, long time. Early. Yeah. And he was like, you guys are awesome, man. And then sure enough, today we see a new patron and it's him. So big shout out to DevCon One and uh, and Marble Madness going legendary, man. What a good day. Very special thank you to Marble Madness and DevCon One. And then, Josh, do you have any reviews that people have left the show? Oh, I got more reviews. <laughs> Keep them rolling in, people. I've been a happy, a happy Josh lately. Which funny is you're going to see this in in one of these reviews too. But this first one comes in from Llamas are the best, uh, and it says hi. And the review says, "Hi, great show. I was just wondering, what's a great shooter to play with friends that's for teens?" Ooh, interesting question. Overwatch would Overwatch would easily be yeah, my answer on that one. That, that's an easy one. Can't right? go Is wrong that a with shooter Overwatch. though? Is that like quote unquote a shooter? Really? Yeah, it's definitely a shooter. It's like a hybrid shooter slash. I, mean, I play a hammer game. As and this might be the last time I ever utter these words, but Destiny oh, no. Two would, oh, yeah. might be a good another good one for teens. Uh, that's you know good 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 on the content. Um, a fun shooter as well. My challenge now is to get uh, Josh to say the word Destiny Two after this episode. Oh, I might mention it during this episode, just <laughs> oh, as, a, uh, as a prelude to <laughs> talking about 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And then, all right. So this next one is uh, comes in from DJ J Money from New Zealand. Oh, wow. So, yeah. How about that? And it's titled Best Podcast Out There. And it says, I have been listening since the first Warzone episode. And ever since, I have been hooked. This podcast is awesome and always puts a smile on my face. I have found I look forward to my walks home from school where I can put in my headphones and listen. So if you have not listened to it yet, you are really missing out. Pancakes will always be better than waffles. Hope this made your morning coffee a little bit better, Josh. Big (laughs) thanks from New Zealand. So I got to tell a funny story with this one because this review actually came in this morning. This morning I woke up, I made my coffee, I sat down at my computer and I had no internet. Yeah. <laughs> the internet was out, the cable the internet company was working on it. They actually had a thing that said, "Hey, your internet's going to be out for a while." And I just went, "How am I going to check reviews?" 
What am I supposed to do? And then lo and behold, like five minutes later, internet comes on. I'm like, oh, yay. I hop on and this review is sitting there waiting for me. So it actually made me chuckle this morning as well. That's oh, awesome. what great timing. And what nice reviews. We, we really do yeah. love it. Keep the reviews coming, guys. If you haven't left one yet, please do so in Apple Podcasts and we will read it on the show. So it's a great way to help us out. So people out here might be wondering, why are we doing a breakdown of 2017, right? It's five years later. Well, I have heard a lot of people say when thinking about the Oscars that it would be better if we always gave those out five years later. That way you're avoiding recency bias. Even when we look at our leaderboard, we admit all the time that we rate things too high or too low with recency bias. And so we decided let's just go back a couple of years and talk about some of the games. Let's talk about which ones stand out, which ones were most influential, which ones were underrated or overrated. And then at the end of the episode, we'll actually each give out a couple of awards. And I thought it would be kind of fun in retrospect to look back a couple of years. And we just kind of picked 2017 on a whim. We figure a five-year anniversary, why not? And there's a lot of big titles to cover. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, I think that um, overall, it's funny. Oscars, like, I know this isn't a movie podcast, but that would be so great if the Oscars were five years later. So it makes so much sense to do the same thing with video games. Because when I looked at this list of games that came out in 2017, uh, my views back then were a little different than they are today. Yeah. Oh, I bet we all have slightly different views. Yeah. I, I looked at this list and I was like, man, 2017 was a great year for video games, oh, to yeah. be honest. Like, that's what really caught me off guard. We actually long, long ago did a tournament where we selected uh, the best year for video games ever. Um, it was a it was a long time ago, but the, I'm sure there's some listeners out there that heard that one. I'll be honest. I don't even remember what year we picked. It's been that long. But it's funny because I can say 2017 was not one of those years that won, but then looking at it, man, what like some really great games come out. And not only that, but there's some games that I think drastically influenced gaming. Absolutely. Moving forward from there too. So this is going to be a really fun episode. I know the title or people hear 2017 and they kind of go, eh, but trust me, this is going to be a good one because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. It was definitely like a watershed year for gaming, talking about free to play mobile games taking over and talking about battle royales coming out, you know, so much to do. So since we're going back to 2017, let's try to get into the mindset of a much younger Paul, Josh, and Michael. So this is the year when Trump first took office. The Me Too movement started gaining footing. There was the tragedy of the Las Vegas shootings. We had the total solar eclipse. Although when I think of 2017, Michael, what I first think of is that this is the year that you betrayed us and moved from Phoenix to Dallas. Goodbye. Shame. Goodbye. Shame, Sad, sadness. Sadness. I can't I still can't get over the word watershed. Every time I hear it, I picture this shack out in the woods with water dripping off it. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so this was the year that you moved to Texas, right, Michael? And it's okay. That we, is correct. You did it for a, a career change. You know, we understand you had to do it, but we did really miss you and your family when you guys left. Um you know, I, I was kind of curious, Josh, 2017, like, what was your relationship with gaming? What was going on at the time? Um, I don't know, man. I'm old. I can't remember five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, we had like it's funny because we mentioned Michael moving for his career, but Mike, my, my job is what brought us to Arizona. And we've been in Arizona for about 11 years now. So we had been set up. We, I think we we had just moved into our new house. Um, my kids were, you know, much younger then. Kids grow really fast. So it's like my kids are teenagers now, but back then they were small and needed a lot more attention during the day. Now it's kind of like I have to beg for their attention. Yeah. Um, you know, and so things are definitely different. It's funny how much things can change in five years. I don't know that my gaming habits have actually changed that much, to be honest. Everybody knows I have game ADD. I don't stick around on most games for very long. I'm looking at the games in 2017. We're going to talk about some of those because in a rare change of pace, a lot of the games that are on this list actually commanded my attention for very long periods of time. So I would say (laughs) if there's anything unique about 2017, it's that my game ADD seemed to have disappeared that year. Yeah, I think the uniqueness of the games that I played in 2017 is I played almost all of them way after 2017, yeah. which I think is why I was able to play a lot of them, because there's a lot of heavy hitters in here and a lot of long games, too. Well, the funny thing is that even though we have been friends with Michael for such a long time, we did not game very often with you, Michael, because you're more of like a single player gamer. We did a little bit of Overwatch back in the day. Josh and I have been gaming for years. In 2017, I did not even know what Discord was. We oh, wow. we coordinated all of our gaming through Slack. Like I spend my entire day on Discord now. It's kind of wild like how much things can change in just a 5-year window. Um Michael and I each had kids born in 2017, so I it was also a very busy year. I know at least for our family, my wife and I were building our foster care agency. We had our last child. And so we were very busy and didn't have exactly a whole lot of money to put into gaming. So I went back and I looked at my 2017 purchases in Steam, and I was rather shocked. I only bought three games the entire year that were more than $10. I bought PUBG for 30 bucks, which I think we're definitely going to be talking about today. I bought Divinity Original Sin 2 for $45, and I bought a second copy of Rocket League that I gifted my friend Andrew McKinney. So, like... (laughs) It was not a year that I bought a lot of games. DOS 2 and PUBG were the big ones that did release in 2017 that I bought. And I bought a couple of games for two or three bucks that were on Steam sale. But I was surprised that I did not spend a whole lot of money on games. And I think I know why, which we're going to maybe get into here. I'll, I'll let you talk about it, Josh. Yeah, so it's funny because you told us Paul actually gave us a little bit of homework before the episode. He does that all guys, the time. It I makes know, us and do I don't stuff. like homework, man. <laughs> it's so like Paul's hard, like, "Hey guys, be professionals for once in your podcasting careers." Michael, and do slow me a down, favor, short, shorten your statements. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he was like, "You know, go into your Steam library, go into your your history, and just you know, be aware of what games you bought in 2017." So I'm like, "Okay, I mean, I'm probably sure it was like 20 games or whatever, yeah. right?" You think? <laughs> and I I actually posted it in Discord, and I went. I think something's wrong with my Steam, guys, because in all of 2017, I bought three games Yeah, for, for myself. Wow. One of them was Divinity Original Sin 2. People have heard us talk about that. They know my feelings on it, but I'm going to remind you in this episode in case it's one of your first episodes. I bought Castle Crashers, which Paul <laughs> must have talked me into. I want my $2.99 no, back, that's Paul. That's Todd. That, that, game, okay. that game was one of Todd's favorites. He and I oh, already right. owned it, and I think we convinced you to buy it, and we might have played it like one night. I, 
I want my $3 back, okay? And then the other one was a very cool puzzle game called Antichamber, um, which I have not played in a really long time. It's actually a really, really neat puzzle game. And that's it. And so I was like, guys, what's wrong with my Steam? And then Paul was like, Josh... And then we'll, he was like, I think there's a reason for that. And I went, oh, yeah. Like nine months of nothing but PUBG. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> what about you, Michael? Did you look at your purchase history in 2017? I, I did. And I had to I had to look at other systems, not just Steam. I bought two games on Steam in 2017. Now, I think part of it was because the move. We just moved to Texas. We just had a baby. There was a lot going on in our lives. And I was like, maybe I just wasn't playing games. And then I looked at my PlayStation library and I was like, no, nah, I must have gotten the PS4 <laughs> that year because the PlayStation <laughs> library went nuts. But no, I bought um, PUBG. That I know, right? Did anybody know that I had that game? I had no did idea. Know that I, I, played, I played that game. I played a good bit of it. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, and then I bought Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor Game of the Year Edition, probably because mm, it was yes. on a Steam sale. Good one. Yep. <laughs> yes. But my PlayStation library went a lot more crazy. And I think I'm going to talk about all of them except for Call of Duty World War II today. So we'll save a few of those. But I bought a lot of stuff at the PlayStation. Um, and then also somehow Destiny 2 showed up in there. But I don't think that was through <laughs> Steam. I think I think that that so that that triggered that it, that game came with my uh, my GPU, my 1080 that's oh. in my computer right now that gets replaced tomorrow. So <laughs> oh, that's sweet. awesome. Yeah, it came with it. So. Yeah. Oh, very nice. So a couple of facts about 2017 in gaming. The best-selling games of the year were PUBG, 30 million sales, Call of Duty World War II, 20 million sales, and GTA V, despite already being four years old, five years wow. ago, sold 15 million units that year alone. That's bananas. However, shockingly, not shockingly, but maybe somewhat surprisingly, the free-to-play games, of course, completely dominated the market. They've been doing it since 2013. There were actually eight free-to-play games that brought in more revenue than any purchase game. So all of these made more money than PUBG. They made more money than Call of Duty World War II. And those are the likes of Honor of Kings, League of Legends, Dungeon Fighter Online, Monster Strike, Crossfire, Fantasy Westward Journey, Clash Royale, and Clash of Clans. All of those games made more than $1.2 billion each when not a wow, single wow. paid game brought in more than a billion dollars. And Clash of Clans had also been out for quite a while at that point. I think I was playing it in 2012 or 2013. Yeah, I think it was out already wow. for at least a year or two. So yeah, this is where we see that big shift in the mid-2010s. Everything's going toward the free-to-play model with microtransactions. Things are moving more toward mobile. Um, not a ton of news in 2017, but it was the year that the Nintendo Switch released, the Super Nintendo Classic Console came out, and Xbox released the Xbox One X, which started a series of console games I still can't get straight, guys. Uh, <laughs> the, X, the Series X, Series S, Xbox One S, like, I can't get them all straight still to this no. day. Um, but that's pretty funny. And then also EA acquired Respawn, the creators of Titanfall. And of course, later they would go on to make Apex Legends. True story. Whenever I do, I do a lot of the socials, uh, by the way, follow us at socials at multiplayer pod, but I don't know what Xbox is out either. So when I tag things, I'm always like, hashtag PS4, hashtag PS5, hashtag Xbox. Xbox. <laughs> yes. I, do I don't know. Because it's like, wait, if, I don't want to tag the old one. What right. is that one? I'm like, this will cover yeah. them all. We're good. Oh, man. The, the Xbox naming I've always found hysterical. 
All right, so let's talk about the actual games, guys. We can talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the influential, whatever kind of stands out. So all of us took a look at all the games released in the year, and I figure let's just go round robin, pick a game, we'll talk about it, move on from there. Uh, We'll probably just spend a couple minutes on each game. But Josh, do you want to start us off? What what do you want to talk about? I actually actually have a question for you guys, and I'm springing this on both of you because I didn't put it, I didn't mention this, but transport yourself go back in time to 2017 or maybe even late 2016 right right at the end of the year 2017 is about to roll around what is your most anticipated game Ooh, for all of that's coming up for 2017 like we've all looked through the list i know we're all very familiar with a lot of the games but go back in time what is the game where you maybe i'm not saying it's the best game i'm saying that when you were back then what was the game where you were like i can't wait to play this game. I believe at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I had already pre-ordered. The day the pre-order came out, I had pre-ordered Horizon Zero Dawn. I had been following really? that game for like four years. That was the game I wanted to play. And I was following it from the very, the very like way early on when they had a gameplay trailer. They were talking about, hey, it's an RPG. It's immersive. Has all these things in it. They're a little bit different. And there's no HUD whatsoever. At the time, the biggest thing was there was going to be no HUD, no health bar, no nothing. And obviously, that changed a little bit, but it was very simplified. That was by far the game that i was looking forward to the most bar none oh interesting mine was definitely mass effect andromeda you know being that mass effect is my all-time favorite series that's the one i was most looking forward to going into that year what about you josh see mine hands down breath of the wild Mm. oh this was and then you guys know i'm not a huge like nintendo you know gamer i i some i mean some nintendo games i have absolutely loved i'm not trying to slander nintendo but my wife uh, likes Nintendo games a lot. And I remember at the time we still had a Wii U and the Nintendo Switch, I think was either just releasing or, or was about to release. And I remember seeing Zelda Breath of the Wild and we were both so excited for this game <laughs> that we were considering waiting to buy a Switch to play it on the Switch just so it would be a little bit better. And we kind of went, nah, we don't really want to wait. We don't have the money for a Switch right now. So let's, you know, let's just get it on the Wii U, which we did. Um, but that was, I remember being so incredibly hyped for the release of Breath of the Wild because I thought everything about that game looked like it was going to be absolutely incredible. Oh, how funny. Yeah. We bought Breath of the Wild on the Wii U as well because we ended up buying yeah. a Switch as a family gift on Christmas 2017. And so Breath of the Wild was the last game we ever bought for the Wii U. I wasn't quite as hyped as you, Josh. I always felt like these Zelda games were very hit or miss for me. And I really loved Wind Waker, but Twilight Princess didn't do it for me Twilight at all. Twilight Princess sucked, Yeah, dude. so Breath of the Wild, I really just intentionally like tampered expectations. But of course, when it released, everyone said, like, this is why you buy a Switch. It's that good. And, and of course, yeah. it was a classic. But yeah, how, how funny. All right, so uh, Josh, what game do you want to break down first here? Um, I I mean, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now because, like I said, I, I hinted at it earlier. Divinity Original Sin 2 released uh, in 2017. I don't remember what month it actually came out. I think it I think was, it was a little bit later. February. Was it early? February? So, okay, I think it was so, early. 
I played the original Divinity Original Sin, and that game caught me very off guard because of how good I thought it was. It is a monstrously long game. So I actually played it for probably like 60 hours and didn't beat it. I made it to a really hard part of the game where you had to do some farming for this potion that would let you get past these indestructible guys that would one-shot you and stuff. And I kind of just fizzled out. But hey, I do that in most games anyway. But then, lo and behold, Divinity Original Sin 2 is announced, and they're showing off a lot of the gameplay and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, I I can't wait to play this game. It came out, and that is one game that I blame my Steam purchases on, because that is one of the few games I purchased on Steam. But I put over 100 hours into Divinity Original Sin 2 on my very first playthrough. I've... Played all the way through again since then, but that game had me very, very hyped. I was insanely uh, just into that game. I remember playing that game for hours and hours and hours every single day. My wife it would come in and be like, you're really enjoying that game. And I was like, this is like the best <laughs> game I've played in a really long time, man. <laughs> And if, like I, I say it all the time, but one of the best RPGs I think is ever made, to be honest. And it was only 45 bucks at release. Yes. It was a cheap game. Yeah. I, Way to go, Larry. Yeah. yeah that's I, crazy. I remember us joking that we would have paid like 100 or $150 in hindsight based on how good it is. So the fact that it was 45 bucks at release, which by the way, Josh, you were right. It was later in the year. It came out in September. But okay. yeah, what a great, great RPG. I don't know that we've had a better RPG come out since divinity original sin 2 i don't think so to be honest because witcher 3 came out in 2015 when did witcher 3 came out? i feel like witcher 3 came, came out, out 2015 and, 15 or 16. and i think i was at that point where i was really hungry for that just amazing video game again almost starved like please give me something that made me feel like witcher 3 did and boy divinity original sin 2 was the fix i needed in that regard yeah i that's my biggest regret about not having a DeLorean and going back in time and starting on the show earlier is that I would really like to make time to play Divinity Original Sin 2. And I know that just I, it's it's I'm, I won't have the time to really go in it and, and and battle through it over the course of a few weeks or a month unless we did it on a deep dive, which you all have already done. But I, I've only still got a couple hours in that game and I was impressed by it. I liked it. I played it couch co-op on the PlayStation 4 with my wife. And we'd love to get back into it, but but it seems like that's going to be a loaded one. But being an RPG nerd, I've heard you guys talk about so much how, how great it is. I really want to play that game. Well, it's so more. funny now that you're on the show, Michael, because we are playing games at a breakneck pace just to be able to release oh, yeah. the podcast. And we're always telling you, oh, you have to play God of War. You have to play Divinity Original Sin 2. You don't, you don't have any time to play all these games. It's impossible. <laughs> but yeah, right. there, there's there's a few here that might be worth catching up on. I feel like Michael would love Divinity more so than God of War because it's like God of War is one of my favorite games of all time. Divinity is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. It definitely ranks up there overall for me. But knowing Michael, I feel like if he got eight hours into that game, we would not see or hear from him for probably a couple weeks because he would just be like, guys, that was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, and I do I do binge too uh, in spurts. And so I can see myself just falling off the radar for a week or two and just playing that game nonstop. Uh, what game do you want to bring up, Michael? 
Um, yeah, I have to. I'm glad that Josh didn't bring this one up because I I never get to talk about shooters ever, and I played one this year. I played a shooter, <laughs> a little known game called Pubga or uh, Pub PUBG or uh, <laughs> Player Unknowns Battleground, Player Unknowns, Players Unknown. What a terrible Dude, name! To no, this day. no one knew at the time what to say, and I remember when we landed right. on PUBG. I remember even thinking like. Outside of our friend group, is anyone else calling this PUBG or is that just us? And it is funny when you then learn everyone's calling it that. But yeah, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah, you guys probably started it. But I did play Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for a couple of weeks when it first came out. And I think the reason why I was able to play it is I played it with a couple of friends. They were like, hey, I think it was like a free trial, maybe, or they gifted it to me. I didn't pay a dime for this game. They're like, come play this game. Like, I don't play shooter guys. I'm shooters guys. I'm terrible at this. And so the solution was to team up in a group. And I was like, that's good. This is a new concept where this, this, you know, circle starts closing in on you. And all you have to do is live longer than everybody else. I'm like, okay. And so my job was to sit with a shotgun inside of a building and face the doorway that comes into the building <laughs> while my friends did everything else. Oh, I'm no. like, I'm not good at this, <laughs> but I won a couple of chicken dinners that way. I got my chicken, chicken winner, chicken dinner, whatever it's called. I did that. A chicken to Chinese, the Chinese chicken coming on <laughs> Butler going down with a shotgun at the door. And it was a lot of fun. And I hear it's not the same game now because the cheaters and all that stuff. But I had a blast with it. Um and it, it was totally worth it. And so I, I wanted to bring that up because I know it wouldn't make it long down this list. But I actually had a lot of fun with that game. It was one of the first shooters that really kind of got me excited to come back to a shooter because I'm just terrible at them. I never practiced them, so my aim's bad. But it was interesting. Like I liked how realistic it was. It had a lot of realism. It had a really good feel to it. And it was a brand new concept at the time, the idea of a... I'm going to call it a survival shooter. That's not what it's called. The Last Man Standing Shooter. It's called Battle something. Royale. That's what <laughs> I was Royale. looking for. I was testing you. you. I wanted to make yeah. sure you knew it was called the Battle Royale, obviously. <laughs> Um, it's not a Metroidvania, um, but it was cool to see this new concept come out, and it was revolutionary. And I'm sure you guys have a lot to say about it, so I'll, I'll concede the rest of my time, of which I had none. <laughs> but the representative from Arizona concedes the rest of his time to the other representatives from Arizona. Yeah, Josh, we played a lot of PUBG. We played a oh. lot with Todd, who used to be on this pod. And what's so crazy is that it was one map. For the entire year. The second map, Miramar, I looked it up. It did not release until December. So, Josh, we were not only playing PUBG for like four hours every day. It was nothing but Erangel. And one of the funniest things about playing PUBG in our friend group is that we would often play in squads. It would be you, me, Todd, and our friend Andrew McKinney. And you and Andrew had such polar opposite philosophies on how to play PUBG. Do you want to talk oh, a little man. bit about that? Dude, okay. We n number one, we played the snot out of PUBG. This game consumed a hundred percent of our gaming yeah. time for, for most of 2017. <laughs> to be honest, like we played a lot of PUBG, um, and it's funny because we did have kind of our core group. We had a lot of friends that would rotate in and out. We played with Andy a lot. We played with you know a lot of other people would kind of join for a few weeks or something like that. But there was never a shortage of people that wanted to play. But the hilarious thing with our core group was my thinking is this is a battle royale. The objective is to kill everybody else on the map. And so my thinking is, if I have a clear shot at somebody, I'm going to kill that yeah. dude. Like, you know, if he, if I see him running across the street and I know I can take him out, that dude's going down. Andrew's thinking on this game was avoid conflict at all costs. Kill oh, the dude, last one there's guy. There's guys. <laughs> There's guys run everybody. I'm like, dude, I can snipe that. No, 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 no. Don't give us away. 
Everybody crouch down. Snake, snake, <laughs> go prone, go prone. And I was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't think you understand how this game works. And it it would just be hilarious because we would literally get into arguments sometimes. And then there would be times where he's like, no, no, don't give us away. And I just Do start anyway. shooting. And then he'd get mad about it. And then he's like, well, well now we're going to die. <laughs> I, I think that to sum up, I, I am exactly the opposite of you because I could sum it up by quoting Jeff Goldblum at the end of Independence Day when he just goes, um, hide. That's all I did. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Josh's objective was to kill everyone. Andrew's objective was to survive and outlast everyone. And Josh always wanted to land at the school. There'd be 28 people parachuting at the same time. Andrew always <laughs> wanted to fly to the opposite corners. It was always Georgia Paul or Novo, I think it was called in the bottom right. But yeah, PUBG, it's it's hard to it's it's almost impossible to overstate how much it changed gaming. It wasn't the first battle royale, but it was the first one that really grew big. You had stuff like H1Z1 that came out earlier, but man, it was it it hit the industry so hard and so fast that PUBG had so many issues with connectivity, rubber banding, and we didn't even care. It was still worth it because it was something <laughs> new on the market that we had been craving that we just didn't even know we wanted. Technically, PUBG was a mess. I mean, like, you got to understand, back in the day, nobody cared. Like, nobody. Because it was just everybody in the world was playing it. You were having so much fun. All your friends were playing it. But from a technical standpoint, what a piece of garbage, man. You you know, you'd go to open a door and your guy would the animation would play, but then the door wouldn't open. So you'd click it again <laughs> and then it would like lag. So the door would open. Your guy would wind up closing the yep. door. Yeah. You know, you couldn't pick up ammo off the ground. Your guy would lean down and pretend to pick it up. So it's like you had to learn how to play around the jankiness of PUBG, but it didn't matter. Like that was the big thing is it just didn't matter. Paul, you said it. PUBG single-handedly changed the face of gaming moving forward. It put Battle Royales on the map. If you like Warzone, you like Apex, you like Fortnite, you know what I mean? If you like any of these games that are insanely popular, PUBG was like the OG granddaddy that made all of that possible. Yeah, and, and for my money, I don't know that any of the other Battle Royales, which, by the way, I think we agree warzone apex those games are much better than PUBG now oh yeah but the one thing that PUBG really dialed in on was the intensity of the last circle because oftentimes you'd be in a grass field you might be crawling or if there were cover maybe you're behind a rock and you're frantically looking everywhere you're chucking grenades just hoping to you know flush the other guy out and the intensity at the end of those games you never quite got that with warzone or apex i think because they're a little bit more arcade combat PUBG was just so intense winning a match of PUBG was single-handedly the greatest thing that could happen in 2017 gaming yeah it's true that's that chicken dinner when you got that <laughs> it was incredible and then it was so funny because it's like that was it just winner winner chicken dinner game over and, and but you again didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right back in <laughs> yep. I'm a snake follow me you know, so oh, so many man. stupid meme moments in PUBG. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on here. I how about I go on the other side of things? Let me bring up something that I felt was a little disappointing. I I want to bring Ooh. up Friday the Thirteenth, the game. That game looked great. Thank you, Paul. That is a great choice, dude. Yes, and I and we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I remember 
our Slack went wild over Friday the 13th. Uh, Mike from the footballers and spitballers, he would play Overwatch with us. He never played anything else. Uh, I, remember, I think he popped into PUBG like two or three times. But he was so excited for Friday the 13th. We're like, oh, we're finally going to get Mike in this game. We were all planning to pick it up. And then when it released, all the critics were like, this game's a mess. And it's very repetitive. And it's very boring. And I don't think any of us even bought it other than Mike. Mike ended up playing it by himself. And I remember us being so hyped for it. It was so disappointing that we ended up not playing it. It it had like it was like a a match. It burned really really bright with a little bit of hype, and then it just fizzled out very very quickly. I, I never actually bought the game. There was talk that we were all going to buy it because we were starting to get tired of PUBG or whatever we were playing, you know. And it was like, okay, well, we probably need a change of pace, but we just never did, man. And you're right. So not ever ever having played a single second of that game, it, it just it was not a success. Yeah pretty disappointing all right josh what's the next game you want to bring up um for me i'm gonna bring up one i know i am a fan of this game i know that paul you necessarily are not um but hellblade senua's sacrifice came out in 2017 i had heard about it i did not play it very like initially i think i picked it up maybe a year later but what a unique game man um if you haven't played that game it's it's not the greatest game from a gameplay standpoint it has and paul you have some valid criticisms of this game so it's a story it's not so much a game it does have like melee fighting you do have a sword you do have to fight and stuff like that but that's really it's not that great yeah, it's not hard either as far as right. the melee like just keep tapping the slash button you'll get through it <laughs> if you ever wanted to feel like you were understanding a character the longer you played a game that's where Senua's sacrifice comes in because this girl obviously has some severe mental issues. Uh, the game starts off with she's hearing a ton of voices. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It has some of the best 3D surround audio I've ever heard in a video game. Um, she's paddling through like I, you think it's like the River of Dead or something. It starts off in a really neat way. But you really get to know what she is going through in this game. So this game tells a story, not from like a grand story perspective, but like almost like a, an internal reflection style. And it's like no game that I had ever played before. And I was just blown away by it. And I'm not saying I was blown away because like I said, best game combat ever, or anything like that. It's just that I hadn't played a game like this before. And it's not perfect. I'm not saying it is, but what a different experience that that game was based off of anything else that was out there that I had played before. And the polish on that game is incredible. So while it does have some slower moments, overall, what a masterful way to to like tell the story of Senua, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I agree that everybody should play this game once. It's a short play. It's about a seven or eight hour playthrough. The combat's not great. The gameplay, it's not detracting too much. Though. It's not like it's terrible. It's just there's not a lot to it. There's not a lot of depth to it. But it's a good marriage between like not quite going full story mode like with um, the Witch of the, the Quarry or something like that. I almost said the Hag of Hackett's Quarry. Um, <laughs> but it's not like full story mode. There's a couple of puzzle 
parts of the game that are actually kind of exciting to figure out and so forth. But um, this was the first game that I played that was a third-person game that I played in VR. I played the whole thing in VR, which was really interesting, and it actually really worked. And I think it's to the point that Josh was saying the game is very polished. The graphics are, are really pretty well done for the time. Um, but it does leave you with a feeling at the end, which I love to get from games. If you want to feel something and truly like understand a character, play that game. Um, I, I loved every bit of it. Aside from, and I, the gameplay doesn't affect me as much because I'm really a story-driven person. It's really well done. Yeah, I think it's a very good game. I, I think that's even what I said when we talked about it back in the day. I did not find it to be incredible or anything like that. I also played it in VR. I think it's a very good VR experience. I think part of the problem for me is that nobody warned me that it's very gameplay light. It's mostly walking around. Mm. Even the puzzles, for the most part, are about standing in the right place and looking from the right angle, and it'll unlock a portal or something like that. The 360-degree sound in VR is pretty incredible, but the game is relatively short. I, I don't. I wouldn't put it on like a must-play list or anything like that, but if you want to play something in VR and you run out of stuff, I think it's a great one to pick up. I was curious. I did look it up on Metacritic. They have it as an 83 overall, which makes it the 37th best game of the year. They have it tied with Destiny 2 and Assassin's Creed Origins, which I actually think is high praise because those yeah, are is. like enormous, yeah. enormous, huge games. And here you've got this very small contained game of Senua's Sacrifice, and it's lumped right in there with it. So I think it's a very, very good game. I just wouldn't give it like the highest praise. Underrated. There's been um, glimpses of the sequel, which looks phenomenal yeah. to me too. So I can't even remember the name of it now. Do you remember what the sequel's called? No, I, I it's have Hellblade. To look it up. It's Hellblade. Sen was Sen like was something, something. Like legacy or something like that. <laughs> something yeah. like that. But there's uh, been one or two trailers here. You've got it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that looks really good. Uh, Senua is is an amazing character. If you've ever wanted to see what it's like for somebody to just descend into madness and follow them on that journey. That, that, that's what this game does, and it does it in spades. So. Well, and it's interesting, too, because it does, it's a progression. And sometimes you're like, is she mad? Or is this stuff, like, really happening? And it, it's it's just a journey I really appreciated. So Yeah. Yes. All right, Michael, what do you got? Psychosis you got a game? simulator. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, somebody's got to talk about it, because we, we never talk about these games on this show. But uh, a little uh, a little game that killed Sim City came out this year called oh, Cities yeah. Skylines, and it's yeah. funny because like nobody thinks to talk about this is a great game, but it's a fantastic game, and I'm sure we won't talk about this game for long. But seriously, like I was itching for a Sim City esque game because Sim City 2000 was amazing. Sim City was great games, and then and then Maxis I think was the creator at the time, and yeah. I think they went on and they I, I don't know if they were a part of the Sims or not, but they left the City Builder and kind of went and made the Sims and just left city builders completely and they left this gaping hole that city skylines filled perfectly and you can mod this game you can put all kinds of different roads in there there's a lot of expansion packs i appreciated it i think it's totally worth playing it's one of those where if you just want to kill some time for a little bit go kill some time building a city and just do it it's fun it is hands down the best city builder game since SimCity 2000 yeah. honestly there's been a lot of them that have tried to capture it but city skylines by far the best one since SimCity. Yeah, EA bought out 
Maxis, if I'm not mistaken, and they oh, no. ended up rebooting SimCity in 2013. And it was such a bad release because this is when like DRM first started. And so even though SimCity was solely a single player game, everybody who bought it couldn't even play because the SimCity servers were down for like the first week. And that was people, a disaster. People were furious that they spent $60 on a game that's single player and you couldn't play it because of ea and so i feel like that was kind of like the nail in the coffin i think that's why you don't see anything else coming out from them city skylines i never bought but i watched a lot of video and i thought it looked great i uh, one of the games i played the most of my life is SimCity 2000 i mean that game just did it best (laughs) it was so good all right well i think we're back around to me here Uh, i want to bring up a game that i think is kind of underrated these days resident evil 7 biohazard like, this was a fun game that came out in 2017. This is a great, great follow-up to Resident Evil 6, which I was not as big of a fan of. 6 was very much a shooter. It was more action-oriented. 7 is when they went back to that stealth horror model. This is the one where you're in the crazy farmhouse with the old people. Super creepy and really thrilling. I, I really love Resident Evil 7. I couldn't even tell you there was a seventh Resident Evil game, but I've never played really any of them except for the very first one. No, I think I played the second one was the one I played a bunch Ooh, of. So four is so this, good. Four is a classic. This, this one's gonna be all you, Paul, on, on my end. I played I actually played Resident Evil Seven. I got real excited about it because I thought it was a major breakthrough for the series. The graphics were absolutely unbelievable. It was the first person perspective, it was creepy. I was looking because I'm like, I did not play that game for very long. Uh, I think I played it for maybe four or five hours, and I liked every minute of playing it, but then it was just one of those examples where something came up, I didn't play it for a little while, and then I just never picked it back up. And then here's the thing. I looked up the release dates. Resident Evil 7 came out late January. PUBG came out uh, middle March. of March. And yeah. I did not pick up Resident Evil 7 right when it released. So I am actually very confident that what happened is I started playing Resident Evil 7. PUBG released. End of story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overrode all other games on the yes. docket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And I think we're really hoping to see another game like that. We haven't really seen that since PUBG. I mean, Apex... I guess is probably the best example where it really took over when it dropped out of nowhere. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping we'll see another wave like that sometime soon. Agreed. I want to go there. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Josh. We're, we're kind of starting to run out of time here, so we'll probably I'm, have enough time for like one each and maybe some quick honorable mentions. I'm going to do it because I know there's a gajillion people out there that are screaming right now saying, how have you guys not mentioned this game? And I don't mean <laughs> to make this the Battle Royale episode, but we have to give it its due. Yeah. That is Fortnite. Fortnite released in 2017. This was the dawn of the Battle Royale age. Now, I want to remind you guys of something. I remember, Paul, you and I watching this video with Todd. um, And Michael, I'm sure that you probably were well aware of the, you know, what the game was supposed to be. But Fortnite was advertised as save the world, which meant that you had to craft these bases and these traps and these ways to survive against these zombie hordes that were trying to get in. That's what Fortnite was. And that's what we were excited about. And I remember us talking about it, watching these videos and saying, this game is going to be so much fun to play multiplayer, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, look at this. We have to defend our fort. We can do traps. Like, we get guns. Like, oh, this is going to be great. And then the, the success of PUBG happened, and Fortnite said, 
you know what? We're just going to go battle royale. They threw yeah. the wheel all the it's, way to the right. So we're leading I, in. I mean, and I would like to say that they drove it off a cliff, but they didn't. What they did is they <laughs> drove it right up it. on top of that mountain and they made themselves a, a gajillion dollars at <laughs> I, that point. I did not realize it was supposed to be a save the world game. And just like Snapchat, it went in a totally different direction real fast. <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> yeah, Fortnite, we were super hyped. And then even when it did do the shift to Battle Royale, we were cool with that because we were stuck playing Aaron Gell on PUBG for nine months. And when Fortnite dropped, I remember installing it on day one. I was so excited. Oh, we all hopped in there. Yeah, I hopped in as soon as I could. And right off the bat, I was like, ooh, I, I don't know that this is for me. I wasn't crazy about the animation. The building intrigued me a little bit because PUBG, we were more likely to hide in a building or crawl out in an open field and snipe. And the idea of maybe like building your own cover seemed kind of neat. We just, I, I remember us playing, I think it was one day, maybe two days, and we just never went back to it as a friend group. It's, it just didn't scratch the itch. It wasn't new enough for us. I, did not like the building aspect at all. I honestly think that's what ruined me on Fortnite was I just despised the building. I think the gunplay was fine. I didn't care about the cartoony animations. That didn't that didn't bother me so much, you know, it, it, and it was different enough from PUBG, but the building just killed that game for me. I had zero desire to try to build a fort while I'm trying to shoot people. And and it's to that that way to this day. To be honest, I was watching my daughter plays it all the time. I was watching her last night. So they came up against some sweaty dude that was building <laughs> some gigantic tower, you know. And I'm watching her, and she's doing really well. But I was just like, and I even told her, I was like, man, that guy's sweaty. And she was like, yeah. She's like, and I'm like, why do you guys play the build mode? And she's like, well, because that's what the game's supposed to be. Yeah, interesting. Um. Well, real serious question for you guys. Dead serious. Deadpan. Here we go. Did you learn how to floss because of Fortnite? I could never 100%, floss. 100%. Yes. I am not coordinated. <laughs> Dancing is not in my genes, apparently. I try really hard, but my daughter Riley shows me up every time. Oh, yeah. The Fortnite dances really took over in uh, 2018. <laughs> yeah. Fortnite, you know, huge influential game. I think it's the game that has made the most money ever. But it just wasn't for us. You know, once yeah. PUBG started rolling out some more maps like Sandhawk, we would always go back to PUBG until eventually the cheating just kind of took over. And now with PUBG being free to play, you know, and that's my worry with Overwatch 2. Maybe we're going to get this influx of more cheaters because you can always just make another free account because yeah. they're not going to ban IP addresses. So, all right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next one, Michael. What you got? Uh, I've got a couple I'd like to bring up, but I'll bring up one that I have to bring up. I already mentioned it earlier. I have to talk briefly about Horizon Zero Dawn. It's in my top 10 list of favorite games, I think, of all time. I think it sits there, and if not, I need to reorganize my list. I love this game. Um, uh, the, the criticism of this game is that it didn't do anything revolutionary, really like break the mold, but everything it did, it did really well. I think my favorite things, if I keep this relatively quick about the game, is that the environment that you're using, you're using so much of the environment, but specifically like the 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 robot dinosaurs that you're shooting. Like for instance, like if you shoot a gun off of the giant T Rex, you can pick that gun up and use it as a weapon. You use resources that come off things. You can shoot off different pieces of plates and armor. And there's just so many different ways that you can accomplish things. The combat was fantastic. The story was fantastic. The music was fantastic. The intro 
tutorial, the way you start as a little girl and then like you transition into the adult Aloy was great. I thought that was really well done. And of course, Aloy is an iconic hero character that will probably have several entries into her series of Horizon games. Love the game. Would love to play it again, but I'm, I'm still playing the newer one because it's also awesome. And it's great to see a new franchise spawn, um, you know, because you don't see a lot of new franchises that, that really break, break in. And this one definitely is here to stay because of this excellent entry from 2017. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to wait for Zero Dawn to come out on PC because I, I think at the time I had sold my PlayStation, I was in between. So I actually had to wait for the release on PC. I picked it up as soon as it was available on PC. One of the best intros to a game ever, in my opinion. I have never cared about a character as fast as I did with Aloy and her her adoptive father. Um, oh, Rost? In- yeah, in I, like honestly, fifteen minutes in, I was hooked. I was just like, I love both of these guys. Like, oh my goodness, I'm so invested in these characters. The intro, like the beginning area, I thought was really cool, really well done. Before you kind of go out into the main world, I'm with you, Michael. I probably I never finished it, but I made it very close to the end. I, I feel like I say that all the time. I gotta never finish this game, guys. But <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a phenomenal game to be honest with you. Um, it, every uh, you're you hit it perfectly. It didn't innovate anything, but it did everything extremely well. You know, Horizon Zero Dawn, I kind of ignored for a couple years. Mm. I ended up buying it on disc. It was the last game I ever bought physically for my PS4. And I want to say it was probably 2019, maybe even early 2020, like pre-COVID. I remember walking into a GameStop, and I had nothing to play at the time. And I saw that it was used, and it was like... $7.99. It was incredibly cheap. And I I bought it. I played it for like seven or eight hours. I liked it just fine. And I don't remember what grabbed my attention. I ended up just kind of putting it down. It never really totally sucked me in. But I do want to give props to the voice actor of Aloy. I think her name is Ashley Birch. I know we've talked about her before. Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina. Yeah. What a phenomenal voice actor for gaming. Really, really talented. Ashley Birch, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Please be our first celebrity guest. I, I would say that we yes. don't have hosts, but if Ashley Birch wants to come on the show, we'll we'll have you on. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make absolutely. an exception. All right. And uh, I think the last one that I'll bring up, only because I thought this was kind of funny. I looked at Metacritic, and uh, I'm not even going to ask you guys to guess because you're not going to have any idea. I was curious what the lowest rated game of the year was by critics and it's actually a game that's fairly popular it's hello neighbor i you know what really i almost brought that game up because (laughs) what a flop 
Yeah, but kids, I, loved I was it. hyped. Our kids, I, loved my daughter was so hyped for Hello Neighbor. I remember watching the gameplay previews and stuff, and thinking like the AI of the guy in the house, the neighbor, was supposed to be through the roof. This was supposed to be the smartest game ever, <laughs> and then it was like such a letdown, man. <laughs> There's just not much to the game, but I feel like for young kids in particular, it was like a scary hide and seek. And it really appealed to kids, but man, as an adult, this game offered really nothing. Yeah, <laughs> at all. it really didn't. That's funny, though, because I remember the hype around that game. I, I think that might be one of the games that my kids were most hyped for that I've seen them. Yeah. You know, they don't get too excited about like upcoming games because they've just got the games they like. But Hello Neighbor really went through our household as like the, ooh, when's that game come out? <laughs> and then it was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right, so let's just maybe list any honorable mentions, maybe with like a one-sentence thing that you guys want to bring up. Anything that we kind of missed here? I have to say, I don't think I've ever laughed harder in a video game than when I played Star Trek Bridge Crew in I VR up. with some friends. Yep. It was one of the first true multiplayer VR experiences I had had where you could see your buddies in their arms doing all this. And I, <laughs> I, I literally had to like take my headset off because I was worried. I was laughing so hard that I was crying so much <laughs> that I was worried I was going to like mess up the little face part on my Oculus Rift at the time. Um, phenomenal game. I, I, like I said, I, we, won't, we don't have to go into it, but that was a really fun experience. Yeah, I thought what was so... It's on my short list. Like, I think it probably would have been the next game we got to. Uh, and I'm surprised Zelda Breath of the Wild didn't come up uh, because that was like, why aren't we talking about this? But everyone's talked about it. But Star Trek Bridge Crew, one of the things that blew my mind about that is when you're talking to your friends... First of all, it was cross-platform. I played it on my PC and my buddy was playing on his PlayStation, which had in vr that's impossible no one does no one was doing cross-platform back in 2017 which was awesome but like when you talked your mouths would open and talk as you talked which blew my mind i'll, I'll fly through my honorable mentions real fast um i have to talk just briefly mention hunter call of the wild nobody plays hunting games if you do or ever want to play this game star wars battlefront 2 terrible game horribly disappointing have to bring it up um arc survival evolved great survival game nobody yeah. played it Overload, Hollow Knight, Near Automata, done. Paul, <laughs> honorable mentions. Yeah, you know, I would bring up Super Mario Run, which is the most I've ever spent on a mobile game. Spent all 10 bucks. Absolutely fantastic. Still worth it to this day. Josh, if there's ever a game that might convince you, I mean, check out Super Mario Run. You can play for free, and if you want to unlock... Is that like the Temple Run game, where you just run no. as Mario and click? No. Well, it's, oh, it's no. like, <laughs> it looks like Mario 2D, and Mario automatically runs right until he runs out of room, and then he turns around and runs left, and he goes forever. And so you're just timing all of your jumps, but he can also do combo jumps, kind of like the, like the three-step jump in Mario right. 64, that kind of stuff. And you can also play where you unlock, not unlock, but where you get all the collectible red coins in the levels. So Super Mario Run, for my money, is one of the best mobile games still, even though it's five years old. And um, no one mentioned Hollow Knight, but that came out this year. Splatoon 2 is a great shooter that came out that we bought on the Wii U. And I think that really covers just about everything. Super Mario Odyssey, I thought was kind of underwhelming that one didn't really do a whole lot for me and cuphead also came out in i was gonna say oh, cuphead, cuphead. But, yeah 
Yep. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention Cuphead came out. I, um, I, I didn't have a ton of interest in that game initially. We did deep dive Cuphead. So if you want to check that out, you can. Um, I remember being really hyped for For Honor because I remember th- seeing the graphics in that game and the one-on-one combat system. And I thought, man, this is, this is going to be amazing. And then that game just never caught on for some reason. Um, for me, honorable mentions, um, I was going to, it's funny, we've talked about a couple of these, um, destiny two, I was disappointed in that game. Um, but you know, it was fun for a little while. Um, hollow Knight, star Trek bridge crew, resident evil seven. I mean, these are all games that I wanted to make sure that we mentioned. I'll just touch on shadow of war. Michael kind of glossed over a little bit. Phenomenal game. Super, super fun. We just covered, um, the uh not it's what's the first one shadow of war uh shadow of mordor shadow of mordor, shadow of yeah. mordor. there you go there you <laughs> go i was like it's mordor something um was the first one that's free right now so while you're listening to this episode you can pick that up on amazon prime gaming yes go play um, it. but yeah those those games are super fun but yeah that's that's about it as far as honorable mentions go yeah so let's give out a couple of awards all right i just gave you guys a couple of categories and we don't have to agree on this it's not like the leaderboard where we have to have a consensus so let's just go around first and let's just do the biggest one let's knock it out first best game of the year now in retrospect five years later what game are you giving best game of the year divinity original sin 2 for me and yes it's very very close to another game but for me it's more memorable it's a way better game (laughs) all around for me so that's my choice close to breath of the wild PUBG. Oh, PUBG. Gotcha. Yeah. What, what about you, Michael? Game of the year goes to Horizon Zero Dawn, mostly because <laughs> I haven't really played all the way through Divinity Original Sin 2. I admit that loving RPGs, that might usurp it, but I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. It was really a perfect game. Game of the year. Yeah, I'm going to give it to DOS 2 as well. I will say it's neck and neck with Breath of the Wild, which I know Michael kind of poked fun at the fact that we didn't even bring it up to talk about, but I feel like everyone's played it. Everyone knows that game. I don't have anything I can say that's going to add to the conversation. It's a fantastic game. It's, It's arguably the best Zelda. I prefer Wind Waker, but Breath of the Wild I have second, so I would give it to DOS 2. It's just so big, so unique, such interesting storytelling, such fantastic characters. I mean, the gameplay is great. The story is great. Uh, you really and have you to play it, it how you want. That's the best. You play the game how you want to play it. Yeah, and you cannot break it. No, DOS two. You can't break it. Like it, anything you can think of, they're you like, try. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna kill this guy, and this is gonna screw the game over. And nope, it just keeps going. I, Which I is the most people- important thing in an RPG is that there's so many ways to get to the end creativity they embrace it man they really do in in divinity original sin 2 so all right cool that's two yeah so let's do most disappointing game of the year so it's not the worst game of the year just the most disappointing did not meet expectations destiny oh. 2 for me Ooh, destiny 2 I, I was hyped for destiny 2 i thought this was the next greatest thing since sliced bread man and it was very fun for like six seven hours and then I was like, oh, man, this is disappointing. That's about how long I played it for, too. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Michael? Uh, I love Star Wars games. Star Wars Battlefront 2 was a huge letdown to me because Battlefront 1 was fine. It was a fun, uh, tactical, fun shooter against your friends. Battlefront 2, I was like, yes, they're saying we're going to have a single-player campaign. It's going to be awesome. Game came out. Single-player campaign was like two hours. You're done with it. It was terrible. It was Battlefront 1. I was super disappointed. And now if you want to unlock characters, you got to gamble and buy loot boxes. Oh, that whole part. 
Yeah, that, that yeah, that's, I forgot that kind of that kind of like uh, the apexed the loot box like uh, controversy. That yeah. was like the beginning of the end for the loot yeah, box system. You're right. Yeah. Uh, most disappointing game of the year. I. I, I if if I gave this award in 2017, it would be Mass Effect Andromeda because it was so bad at release. They fixed all the animation stuff. The game is still disappointing compared to the original trilogy, but I'm going to give it to Friday the 13th. I was hyped for that game. Uh, asymmetrical PvP games, I think, can be a lot of fun. I thought this was going to be the one to really do it, and it just fell flat so badly. I, I have to give it to that. Bummer. Yeah. Let's let's go on to the next one here. What about the most underrated game of the year? What do you guys have for um, this one? I mentioned both. This is kind of a tie for me, to be honest. So uh, Senua's, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, I talked about it. I think that game was very underrated. And then the uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of War. I, I don't know how that game wasn't just an absolute blockbuster. What about you, Michael? You know, it's funny because I would actually say the most underrated game of the year is a game we just played a couple months ago, it was Nier Automata. Like, nobody was talking about it a whole bunch. I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was really fun. I thought you'd get a lot out of it. I think I married that game, and I just think that because I hadn't even ever heard of it, that automatically makes it underrated. Because everything <laughs> else, I think, was a game that I'd heard of that I played that year. Yeah. You know, uh, I think for this one, I'm going to give it to Resident Evil 7. I think that there were a good amount of people that liked it, but you never hear about it anymore. So I'm going to say it's underrated at this point. I'm not sure the last time anyone's brought up Resident Evil 7 in a conversation. <laughs> All right, let's move on to most overrated game. What would you guys give this one to? Um, a game we have not mentioned. I did try it. A game called Undertale. Undertale came out in 2017. I saw so much stinking hype about Undertale, man. People <laughs> were talking about it. Oh, my goodness. It's like no other game I've ever played before. I looked at it. I go, man, these graphics suck. But, you know, sometimes games don't need good graphics. So I picked this game up. I put probably three, maybe four hours into it. And I just went, this game sucks, man. I don't get it. It just doesn't. It did not land with me at all. Super overrated, in my opinion. I had the exact same answer. It's Undertale. And I know that that game's very beloved by many. I don't even remember a whole lot about it outside of like dancing skeletons and things are black and white, but then they're color again. And then you've got some weird turn-based combat and it, it did nothing for me. I can really get into weird games and this game's definitely weird. And I just feel like I, I, I must've just been missing something. It just did not click at all. I'm almost morbidly curious to go back to it and give it another try because you hear so many people talk about it being one of their favorites, but I'm with you, Josh. I did not care for undertale, even though it was a very cheap game, but beloved by many. What about, what about you, Michael? Or no, did you, am I, yeah, what's yours? I haven't. Am I allowed to be controversial here? Or do I have to go with the status quo? <laughs> no, <laughs> go with your heart, buddy. I'm not, I'm not doing it just to do it. And let me explain real fast. The most overrated game of 2017 might be the most overrated game of all time, and it's Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. And let me tell you why. Okay, I'm not saying it's a bad game. Don't hear what I'm not saying here. It's a great game. But people talk about it like it's the second coming of Jesus, or like it's 
the first time you eat peanut butter and jelly or lobster that it's the greatest thing ever it's this great open world game really i think it's a an okay open world game i think it was the best the switch could do um the gameplay is great but it seems fleeting it seems like the world has kind of an empty feeling i walked around and didn't feel like there was a lot to do from point to point i just i don't think it changed the world like people said it did i think it's great don't get me wrong i just don't think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened that most people say it is and for me it's underrated here's what breath of the wild is overrated all right breath of the wild for me is like watching shrek as an adult it's a kid movie but it's got a ton of charm it's funny it's got some stuff for the adults it's a great watch everyone loves it and they can all watch it together and breath of the wild is the same for me like it's a kid game it's not hard anyone can play and beat breath of the wild i mean my son jackson beat it when he was like five years old and i didn't help him (laughs) at all but I think that the puzzles inside the temples were really fun. I thought that the, uh, the, the, the giant machines that you would go into and clear out, there were, it was like the, the octopus the or whatever they the were. Guardians, yeah. yeah. They're only like four or the protectors or whatever they were called. Yeah. I think they were guardians. Yeah. They were like mini dungeons. They were super yep. fun. I, I find Breath of the Wild to have fantastic music. It's really nostalgic to still play as Link. I get it. I, I think it's a fantastic watch. Is it going to give you an open world type of system like Skyrim? Of course not. Um, but I find it to be endlessly charming and a pleasure to play. Michael, I just have to say this because I, the fact that you brought up Breath of the Wild as one of the most overrated games of all time. Yeah. Yep. I've said it before, too, I think. It's not my I, first time I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm a little shocked. But also, I actually wrote down Breath of the Wild originally. And then I went, I think I'm a little scared to say <laughs> oh, that wow. I think it's one of the most overrated <laughs> games. And I deleted it. No. And I went with Undertale. So I will say kudos to you for being braver than me. I'm with you both. I think the game is great. I am not saying that Breath of the Wild is not a great, phenomenal video game. I just don't think it falls in that echelon of like greatest games that I've ever played that a lot of people seem to remember that game as. So I'm with you. I think it's overrated. That's not to say it's bad. I think it is just overrated in general. Yeah, and I think to to summarize my whole statement on this, really, I think the reason why I think it's overrated is because I played it years after it came out, and the hype for this game was so high that when I played it, I was like, I don't get it, and why is my sword breaking so much? Oh, no, that's a good thing. You get to swap out different <laughs> weapons. Yeah. That's kind of a joke. So but, yeah. on, on Metacritic, Breath of the Wild has a 97 rating by critics. User score is an 8.7 out of 10. Like where where, so where do you guys think really. it should be? Like what do you think would be the user accurate? score seems about I think eighty seven's right. fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I get why critics would say, "Hey, you know, best thing," but it's it's like bread. Nobody doesn't like bread. You, right. You're not going to say bread sucks. You know, like that's not going to happen. But you're also not going to be like bread's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Right now, sliced bread might be the greatest thing, but <laughs> different different thing. <laughs> it's like a medium well steak. Nobody loves it. They're like, but it's still steak. Like I'm still getting steak. It's just not my taste. It's medium well. Uh, don't don't talk to my family who all love well done steak uh, and it drives me wild. My family's the same way. No, it drives me crazy. No. <laughs> my wife basically, if we go out to eat, she says burn it because yeah. they're like, no, no, because she's like, if it has anything but wow. brown, I will send it back. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head, saying, I'm sorry. Please <laughs> apologize to the cook for me. 
what I always say, as opposed to make it dark and charred, I say, I want you to put the steak on the grill, show it a picture of a flame, take it off and serve it to me. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Basically a, a beef tartare at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Sear it. Yeah. All right. And then our last award of the evening, most influential game of the year. Now, I think that there are a couple nominees that you could give here. I don't think it's necessarily obvious, but what would you guys say was the most influential? I wrote PUBG without hesitation. There is no way that any game could get this but PUBG. It was the most influential game of 2017, hands down. I think you could make an argument for Fortnite. I think you could very easily make an argument. See, I disagree because I think PUBG influenced Fortnite. It did. Fortnite is the more successful game. But Fortnite looked at what was happening with PUBG and said, scrap the rest of the game, guys. This is this is the future. And that's because of PUBG. And so, I, I mean, that just proves it in my mind, is that PUBG is the most influential. What about Battle Passes? I hate Battle Passes, though. But every game's got them now. And that's yeah, but Fortnite. It, I mean... Yeah, I mean they no, influenced it. they influenced a terrible trend. PUBG added season passes after Fortnite. After no. after Fortnite did, but the no, game it's... itself and Battle Royale PUBG is the influencer. Let's go ahead and just have Josh drop the mic on this one because what he just said was perfect. PUBG literally made Fortnite change their game. What's more influential than that? They're like, hey, we're gonna make a world saver. No, we're not. No, these guys running around with cast iron skills deflecting bullets. That's what we need. Well, but you're saying PUBG influenced Fortnite. Fortnite influenced Halo Infinite. It influenced PUBG. It added a seasonal pass to every mobile game that's available. I I, I don't think it's clear-cut PUBG, but PUBG is what I would give it to as well. It ushered in the Battle Royale uh, genre as a whole, but I think Fortnite is right there with it. I think those were the two most influential games of 2017. All right. Well, any closing thoughts, like any overall impressions after looking at the overall list? I think it was a pretty darn good gaming year in retrospect. It was a great gaming year, to be honest. And it's fun to just reminisce about games sometimes, man. You know, like it's it's nice for us to be able to cover a lot of games in an episode and say, hey, it's neat to see like, hey, this was only five years ago. Yeah. Like right. It seems like it was forever ago. But here we are only five years later, which is basically the game development like normal time frame nowadays. And it's like, we went from the introduction of the battle Royale genre, you know what I mean? To, to where we are right now in a short span of five years, I'm very excited to see where gaming goes in another five years. Oh, I totally agree. The funniest thing is Josh, you were just saying that it seems like it was so long ago to me. It seems like it was yesterday because I think I played most of these games this year <laughs> or during the <laughs> pandemic. So I'm like, that was that. This game came out in 20. It looks great for how old it is. Um, but no, what a great year in gaming. So overall rating from A to F. What do you guys give it? I'd say an A minus. I absolutely A minus. Oh, yeah, I would say, say yeah, A A minus somewhere right around there. Yeah, pretty good year. All right. Well, I think that's all that we have here for this bonus round episode. We do want to let you guys know that our next deep dive a week from today will be the Saints Row reboot, which will be a lot of fun to talk about. Also, Michael mentioned it earlier, but please follow us on socials. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Multiplayer Pod. We're going to try to start oh. posting on TikTok. I posted one now, video. Now I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, good, good job, Paul. <laughs> you just you just totally added accountability yeah. by telling everyone we're doing that. And now I have to. Everybody follow <laughs> us on TikTok. There's going to be great content. It's going to be so much better <laughs> than everyone else How dare out you, there. Paul. How dare you? <laughs> Go unfollow The Rock. Unfollow Kevin Hart. Come come follow <laughs> Multiplayer Pod. 
Uh, in all seriousness, though, if I... If we get a thousand followers, I'll try to floss for you guys. Oh, there you go. I uploaded one <laughs> video to TikTok two and a half years ago, and it has sat around doing absolutely nothing, just gathering dust. And I gave Michael the login info and said, here you go, buddy. I think we should probably actually start using TikTok. So we'll we'll have some stuff on there for you guys. We're hoping to post maybe like just some previews of upcoming episodes, things like that. And then also come join us on Discord. There's a link in the episode description. Our Discord's totally free. It's open to the community. It's family friendly. We'd love to have you guys join us in there. And also come sign up on Patreon. MultiplayerSquad.com will take you there. And I think that's all the plugs that we have for you guys. I know that's a lot there, but uh, come connect with us. We we love our audience. We'd love to connect you in all those ways. And then we'll have our next episode on Thursday. So please join us again for This Week in Gaming. And until then, happy gaming, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm going to miss you guys, seriously. Cheers, all. Uh, all right, see you, everybody. <laughs>